Welcome everybody to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with your hosts Evan Ginsberg and Buddy Satello. Eddie, Evan Ginsberg, will you please introduce your guest? <laughs> All right. I am sporting a pro wrestling story shirt, as you just saw. And my guest is my buddy and editor from Pro Wrestling Stories, one of the finest websites in the history of the wrestling business without hype. I mean that sincerely, covering history with well-written, well-researched pieces. This is not about a bombardment of Raw and SmackDown reviews. This is something on a far higher level. From Pro Wrestling Stories, J.P. Zaka. How are you, J.P.? Oh, I'm good. Cheers to that. I appreciate it. Is it too early in the day for you guys to have a drink? (laughs) Not enough for it. Well, I've got my uh, action diet soda with me but um uh you're in london right i'm in london it's just after 9 p.m so it's acceptable for me to have an alcoholic beverage while we're talking but no thank you for the introduction i truly appreciate it evan evan one of my dear friends you've been writing for the site now for about two years a bit more than that and we got to we, we met through a mutual friend mark madison who's with pro wrestling post.com and very grateful to have met you and yeah, guys, Ross, uh, buddy, thank you. You guys have a good show. I've been watching some of your episodes thus far. And what I like about it is that you get people on the show and you don't always just talk wrestling. You talk about life. You talk about what interests you, music, the arts, whatever. And that's what I'm all about. That's well, why I'm going to be wrestling and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, and now yeah. we can call it wrestling and everything coast to coast to coast. You took my joke. I was going to say that. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just thought I was going to propose but, a name change. I yeah, love it. No, it. It's really great. And this is the first time that we've talked to someone. We've either talked to folks in California or in New York. How has life been with you in London with COVID-19? Um, well, with the COVID-19, it's, you know, we were in Australia when it started kicking off um, in March. And we were out there for some, uh, we were a friend of ours were getting married. And so about a weekend, we're starting to hear possibly things are going to get canceled. All the restaurants were closing down. Um, we were on quarantine. Well, it wasn't an enforced quarantine, but we were with our friends for two weeks outside Melbourne. Flew home early. And just seeing the airports just desolate, empty, you know, that was, that was a shocker. And, of course, the numbers out here. A lot of people sick. Everybody knows somebody. My wife... Um, her office had about 90% of them catch it. And luckily, because she was in Australia, she wasn't exposed to it. So we were kind of lucky in that regards, but, uh, or I should say fortunate, really. But, um, you know, we're in our home where we, we've got a back garden where my little one can play. And, you know, if, if it's a bad day, we're inside. We're trying to keep my daughter occupied. That's the, that's the thing, you know, if, if you've got little kids at home, you got to kind of, Keep them busy, or they get bored. And how old you know. is your uh, daughter? She's three. Okay, I have yeah. I have eight year old twins, so yes, okay. you'll probably you see know. them running around in the background as they, even though I've told them that they need to stay still for one hour a week. Good it's luck. not good enough. Eight it's, years they, old. They always manage to pent up energy. I oh, I, I used to teach as well, and so eight year olds, it, it, it's a good age. It's before they turn to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you, sometimes my daughter has her moments. But um, uh, uh, anyway, so uh, so can you tell me like uh, uh, some of the different now in the United States, we're kind of getting used to the idea of wrestling being, you know, a uh, uh, more of a of a of a spectatorless sport, uh, so to speak. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering, are there English promotions right now? That are that are also going to the uh, no uh, audience type wrestling, you know. Honestly, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Um, I you know the shows I would go to out here, Revolution Pro, Progress Wrestling. Um, they they put on great stuff. I haven't been to a show now in about half a year. I'm not sure if they're. I don't think they're doing shows at the moment. I might be wrong. I'm sure some of our listeners can correct that, but. On the whole, sports has just stopped everywhere. You know, I, I saw back, I think in America at the moment, soccer is back on TV. 
I don't know if there's people in the it can't be people in the audience, I imagine, but I saw a friend posting about that. But yeah, it just kind of seems everywhere in the world right now is at a standstill. What are your thoughts about the wrestling with no audience? It's numbing. It's stultifying. It's it's basically unwatchable. Yeah. I, yeah. I was watching AEW show this week and I thought it was I thought it was better. I mean, I you know, it's 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 like when you eat like oatmeal every single day. You start saying, you know what? I can eat this. It's 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 not it's not the greatest thing, but it's the 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 AEW workers, I think, are used to working smaller shows. Mm -hmm. So they don't feel like they can perform for their friends still and have it not be this humiliating thing. Like when you get the Undertaker and he's wrestling in front of five or six people. Well, the Undertaker hasn't, you know, when he would walk into an airport, there'd be, you know, 500 people that would jump around him. So, you he's know, he knows. on and off camera. Yeah. So when <laughs> he's, he's wrestling in front of just camera people and, 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 and the wrestlers themselves, I think it's sort of, he doesn't know how to react. I think the WWE people have spent their time in front of such huge crowds. They've forgotten what it's like to, like, work a small show and and the AEW guys aren't that far away from doing indie stuff so they you know i mean some of them are obviously yeah. but but some of them worked indie shows you know not too long ago in their in their past so right. working a smaller show and working for their friends is something they can still do and make it and put the energy into it mm -hmm. as opposed to saying like why am i here wrestling in front of nobody which is I'm, kind of what I feel. I'm gonna about. I'm gonna admit something here. I have a pro wrestling pro wrestling website, prowrestlingstories.com. I don't watch a lot of the current wrestling regularly. I'll, I'll watch it when I can. I'm a huge fan of the past. I'm like a I love diving into the stories and that stuff interests me. But nowadays, um, AEW, I watched the first 15 episodes or so, and then of course we went away for a while, and now it's just hard to get any time on the tv at the moment but um what i like what i have seen with aew is that they have the other you know members of the roster kind of spread out on the outside making noise and reacting i kind of like that 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 makes you know it kind of draws you more in and ha at least having some noise and some interaction beyond the barriers it does make it more fun to watch you know there's just those those comedic interactions and such whereas I watched WrestleMania, and there were some matches where I think just the noises of the competitors grunting as they're hitting each other. It's like watching tennis without a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of, it kind of like you have to just kind of. I tune, I turn the volume down and just watched. And you know, if you're not listening to the fact there's no noise, I suppose it's okay. But. Uh, you know, they are going more cinema, you know, it, with the cinematography now with the wrestling. They're not really doing, you know, matches in the ring, you know, 100% now. It's just all the, the pre-taped and splice it together. And, you know, it kind of gives it a different feel. And they're rolling with the tides right now. And it, it's, it's working, I think, in that regards. I, um, I don't want to watch three hours of anything that's, quote, I suppose it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to enjoy, really enjoy stuff. I suppose it's, but that's my mindset. Like, it's, yeah. it's good. I haven't been too involved <laughs> in a storyline since Daniel Bryan. I said the same exact thing on one of these episodes. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I said, yeah. there's nothing I've been emotionally involved with since Daniel Bryan. Yeah. He sucked me back into wrestling. Like, I watched when I was little, regularly. I had all the Coliseum video, you know, the VHS tapes. We'd go to Blockbuster and we'd go straight to the wrestling section every Friday. Royal Rumbles were always my favorites, you know, uh, Survivor Series. And, you know, I then I stopped. There was like this dark period once, I guess, we got into high school and college. And then I probably stopped watching from 2002 to about 2013 when I, I just tuned in at SummerSlam 2013 just to see what was happening with WWE and, you know, Daniel Bryan's wrestling John Cena beats him clean. I'm like, whoa, my goodness, I didn't expect this. I knew Daniel yeah, yeah. Bryan, who he was. I didn't expect him to win. And then, of course, Randy Orton comes out and Triple H screws him. And I'm like, damn it. You know, like, I'm sucked in. You're rooting for the underdog. Now, I mean, I want to see someone like Cesaro 
you know, be getting the baton and run with it. You know, someone oh, yeah. like him, someone different, somebody who's a workhorse who entertains me. You know, I know people behind the scenes, Vince, doesn't find him that interesting. I think he's fantastic. You know, if, they, if a Braun Strowman, yes, he's a giant. He's got the belt. Doesn't interest me that much. Off, off camera, you know, it just kind of seems like him and I wouldn't get along too well. With, you know, he's shooting things in the backyard and things like this. You know, yeah. to each their own, you know. But, you know, I want somebody who's a hard worker who you could get behind. And, you know, I, they don't really, they're not pushing that at the moment. I, so, love, oh. I love Cesaro. I used to see yeah. Marine Bonner at the Manhattan Center in, uh, mm-hmm. back in, I'd say about 10 years ago. And the guy was tremendous. He never had a bad match. And uh, yeah. WWE's kind of, except for his little tag team run with uh, Sheamus, they basically have squandered his gifts. He's as yeah. good as anybody. As good as anybody. Yeah. So uh, tell okay. us about uh, pro wrestling stories and how sure. pro wrestling stories got started for you. And, and tell us all about it. So I was on Reddit. So obviously 2013, I got real back into wrestling. Um, I was reading a book by Cynthia Lennon on John. John Lennon from the Beatles, and I, I, I was just in this kick of reading biographies and autobiographies, and I picked up Bret Hart's book, and once I read those stories, you know, things like, you know, just craziness, the debauchery, the womanizing, the, the, the fights happening, everything like this really drew me in, and I thought to myself, my God, what's happening when those cameras aren't rolling? in a lot of cases is more interesting than what's happening on TV. And so I was frequent, I, I went, I would be a frequent visitor to Reddit, Squared Circle. And there would be once in a while, people would post a nostalgic, you know, write up or what have you, or here's some, you know, rare old photos from backstage, not really seen. And I love that stuff. And so as I was diving back into watching wrestling again, I started doing write ups from, you know, things I had read, or I was really getting into shoot interviews on YouTube, and I would just splice together quotes I, you know, I, that I'd listened to, and you know, I'm like, this is a good story. So I put together a series every Saturday morning. I would wake up. My wife likes to sleep in on the weekends, well, before the little one was born, and I'd be up at eight o'clock, and I would just start writing. And by noon, I'd have about, you know, two thousand words story, and I would just post it on Reddit with the title wrestling stories. So it was a series every Saturday, I would put out a new wrestling story. And it got to a point where it got real popular. There was 30, 35 uh, write-ups that I had done. It won in 2014. It was voted by the, the visitors to Squared Circle as the number one series. And one day my wife just said to me, why don't you put these on a website? You know, you're doing this every Saturday morning. You've got enough here to at least get a site going with 30 plus articles. And I said, that's a good idea, you know, just for me to do websites again. I've done websites in the past with my music. You know, I used to have a, a website from high school and I would keep it up all the way through. And so I thought I could do this. And the day the website went live, which was actually five years ago today, so we still happen to be talking on the five-year anniversary of my website. It, sheer it's just, coincidence, yeah. It, it was sheer coincidence, correct. Um, but I, I put the stories up, and the following day, uh, Sports Illustrated, in like a little throwaway bit at the end of a piece, says, and pro wrestling fans, it, you know, if you want to hear about, you know, nostalgic stories and lose 30 minutes of your life, check out this website. And so right away, I, I had an influx of people coming to the page from the beginning, and there was an audience for it. You know, currently, I think we're, we're all kind of like nostalgic beasts. We're always looking to the past and the way things were, and because they, they bring back a happy time in our, in our lives, you know, and things seemed a bit more innocent, and, you know, obviously times weren't innocent, well, but it feels like that it just brings a good positive energy. And so when I started doing this, um, a lot of fans were just reading, even, if, even the people who don't watch wrestling currently, they'll pick up a story about Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, you know, it's something that he would do, you know, beating up Marty Jannetty. We all know these names, even if you're not watching now. You're like, holy cow, I didn't know that happened. You know, or the ultimate warrior blowing off um, a, a Make-A-Wish family. A uh, boy was on his last wish and wanted to meet his hero, and the ultimate warrior avoided him. 
And you know, nice. stories like this, is nice. just, you know, that was the first story on my website, actually. Um, so, yeah, it's just things like this. Or you could dive in and just, you know, there's endless, endless stories, 600 plus articles to choose from. And it's, it's obviously it started slow. I would only do it on a Saturday in the beginning. And then it got to a point where I was able to leave teaching when it started picking up good readership. You know, we've had people like Bleacher Report was picking us up early days. Uh, Jim Ross was retweeting and, you know, wrestlers were reaching out to me for interviews and such. And it, that, that's when I knew when not only the fans are, you know, appreciating the write-ups and, and diving into these stories that are lesser known, but the people that were li living it enjoy it too. So that, that meant something. And it, it was really great. So, so uh, who has been... Oh, so, go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. What, what is the line between nostalgia and obsession? Because... Yes. Uh, I, I had one um, Facebook uh, admin who was like really like angry about something that happened in 1979 that other people on the page were disagreeing with him, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, maybe you should have like gotten over this in 40 years, uh, you know? It's like, what's the line between you know enjoying the past and like just being trapped in it? Well, the, the line is just, you, you have things you love, just be a good person, you know, don't, don't hold on to silly grudges, uh, you know, online, you know, with the website, I've, I've had an opportunity to reach lots, thousands of people, and with my, the Facebook page particularly, hit 25,000 likes just this past week, and you can't, you can't get emotional off of somebody making a negative comment. You have to separate, you know, that comment from you as a person and just don't take it to heart. That's that's what I try to do anyway. Yeah, I'm talking, you know, this guy this guy liked the wrestler from nineteen seventy nine and the other guy didn't. And they like went at it tooth and nail. And I'm like, this stuff was forty years ago. Yeah. When, when when passion's involved, you know, heightened uh, energy <laughs> comes out, you know, yeah, this, to each their own. But, you know, if you're going to have those moments of, you know, feeling all that passion building up, you just try to present it in a, in a, in a nice way. It's, you know, see, so you, you don't want to put down other fans. Look, there's everyone's on these pages because they love wrestling. They love talking about wrestling. They love being reminded of things that they may have forgotten about. And, you know, there's always going to be all walks of life in these pages. And the people who call them out, like, we, we, we've talked in the past about how you've seen things in these groups and stuff, and I see them too. I, I tend to just hit mute on particular people. If I if I see someone causing lots of negativity, just boom, you don't have to see that person, you right. know. And that's what it's all about. But really, I mean, for me to do that, I, I never, uh, with the website, I never started it because it was ever an obsession. It was something I loved when I was little. It was something I loved when I was a teen. And I was so fascinated in these stories. And I never imagined that it would even grow to as big as it has. Like, um, so from 2015 till now, we've got, uh, I think it was like 636 articles. Some of them are unpublished. I've had to unpublish some of the older ones. I may have to do them up again. But 44 writers from all over the world, um, social media followers, you know, in the thousands. Uh, you know, we got 25 on the Facebook page. It shows people care, you know, and, and it means a lot to me. I'm just so happy to be the person putting them out there. But, you know, what, what, what really, really what I love is just seeing the people reading these stories and just saying, you know what, that reminded me of this when I was watching with my uncle or I was watching this with my grandpa or my dad. They're no longer with me. And I'll, I'll get emails sometimes and I'll pass it on to, you know, if, if it's about a particular piece one of my writers have written, I'll forward it to them and say, well done, you've, been, you, you've just made this person's day with this story. And that's what it's about, making people smile. Um, and so, learn about the past too. So yeah, let's go back to your past. What what was it that made you love wrestling to start with? What was it the thing that the first um, experience I had in wrestling? And it sounds cliche. I, it was Hogan and Andre WrestleMania three. I was four years old when that happened, 
And my mom was a United Airlines flight attendant for 50 years. And I would have a, we would have babysitters and we would stay, you know, we'd stay the night at these, you know, really lovely old, I remember this one old woman whose husband had a room that we were not supposed to go in. And I don't, I don't know why we weren't supposed to go in there, but of course I went in there and he was sitting there watching WrestleMania three. And he says, come in, sit down with me and just don't tell my wife. And so we watched it. And I just remember just, oh my God, look how big he is. Look and Hogan. And, you know, I was four. I was, I was just like, what is this? It's like a superhero that is like walking and, you know, in Andre's case, not, not so well, but it, it, it brought me in. And so that was four. So obviously I wasn't watching it religiously until I got to about 92, 93. And, you know, that was probably the worst era in, in WWF anyways, with the new generation era, but I was a kid. And so 2020 says, hold my beer. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. There's not a lot going on right now, but, um, I loved one, two, three kid, Razor Ramon, the money in the bag match. Uh, Sean Waltman cranked, he hit his head off the top rope. You know, I remember that I have it on a VHS. It was one of the, it was on like a, um, the best of Monday night raw. And I watched that that match probably a hundred times doink the clown you know how many people cringe when they hear that name but i loved him when i was little he, he and he scared me legitimately with that when he was an evil doink clown you know when he came out with that theme i mean i used to get goosebumps you know on yokozuna that's when i watched every day i never missed a show i would try to watch the monday show if i was up late enough or i would watch saturday morning wwf mania with uh todd pettengill and sonny and of course, with Sonny, holy cow, you know, <laughs> and it was it, that caught my attention immediately being a, you know, going through puberty at the time. And but it was something I always loved. And then I had a couple of years where I, I didn't watch. And then The Rock was huge and he became my guy. I was a huge rock fan. I used to always do the people's eyebrow, you know, I'd go up to people. We, we would always pretend to like fight in the hallways. And, you know, so it was something so your that friends I, were really into it at the time. too. Oh, yeah. Friends. All of my like we all were. I mean, we I remember you now going back to elementary school. Um, we had a hill in the outside of the school. So it was like this grass hill. So you can fall onto it kind of gracefully not hurt yourself we would put each other in like the razor's edge and we would <laughs> land on like just on the side of the hill and like oh do it again let's go you know we we were we were living it, it we were just obsessed at the time it was it, it, it reminded so now that i'm an adult going back to these memories they're fond memories you know and just uh, just watching as much as we could going into our friends basements watching the pay-per-views you know i never i used to watch when you know on pay-per-view they had the fire like it was just like the scrambled screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear the audio. You can hear what's happening, but you can't see what's happening. So a pay-per-view nights, I'd be sitting there listening to <laughs> what was happening, and then I would wait till Monday to find out what it looked like. You know. Wow. And I'd go to websites like um, Raja. You know Raja.com. It's like a news and rumors website. I, I used to go to that site. It was like on my rotation of like five websites I would go to every day in the 90s and now to you know to be running a website you know it, it's just so i guess it just all came to be you know so what what has been the your favorite interview or the favorite story that you've published so far well, that's a good question favorites my, my favorite interview was with chris candido's brother johnny he reached out to me i think i had shared um either a photo of his brother or an article about his brother and he wrote me and says you don't there's so much more that you don't know and you, it would blow your mind and let's talk and so I said sure and he says what's your number and I said well I'm in the UK but I have a Skype so he called me on Skype literally five minutes after I got this message and I four hours we were on the phone and I said to him can I record this and he said yeah so I had no notes um he was doing most of the talking I was doing a lot of listening and it was really for him just to kind of unload you know it, Obviously, he went through a lot with with Tammy Sitch and his brother and everything else. And so for me, that that was probably and that was 2016, one year into me doing the site. That was really fascinating and it meant a lot. The stories that we came out of, we had a three part interview series with him that went out, and still people read it and say that's one of the best things that you've got on the site. And I'm very proud of that one. 
took a while to transcribe four hours of audio. That's that's the most ugly part of doing what we do is transcribing. But I believe it. It needs to be done. Um, I Del Wilkes. He uh, he surprised me. He was my first interview, the Patriot, and just his story of drug addiction and how he overcame it. And um, you know, he was up to 125 pills a day, and he was you know pouring his heart out to me. Just some you know someone with the website and just. When you talk to these guys, you just, you know, you talk to them as humans. You just talk to them and you just want to listen, let them talk. And just, you know, when, when they open up to me, it means a lot. Like Lanny Poffo, I used to do the Genius Cast podcast with him. That's met, one guy all three of us have in common. I worked yeah. a show with him in uh, uh, Northern California a couple of years ago, Wrestling for Charity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, uh, Evan has his connections with Lanny. So yeah. that's one guy we all, all three of us have in common. Lanny's a fantastic guy. Like we, um, I was out to New York in 2018 for the 350 days premiere in July. And I still had about two weeks left in the school year. And I was, I had quit. I handed in my notice. I was an assistant principal that year. And it got to the point where I was working, you know, six in the morning till six thirty or seven o'clock at night. And, you know, the website started to go. I had this uncertainty of whether or not the website was going to do well if I left teaching. But I took the risk. And Evan had given me the opportunity to fly out and, and go to the premiere. And when I was there, you know, I met I was sitting on Evan's couch with Greg Valentine, who's in his boxers drinking tea. And it just. It, it's mind blowing, and and then Lanny, we went, we met up, and we went to a cafe, and we walked through, you know, a park, and we ended up outside of a church. That's we were just like, oh, you know, we better behave. We're outside of a church. We saw, oh, it's Scientology. Oh, never mind. <laughs> just we're all just having a laugh the whole time, and it was great, and you know, so that led to us keeping in touch afterwards. We became friends, and I and then I proposed doing the podcast. And we had a 20-episode run, which was, it, it was, for me, it was just a privilege to be involved with that, hearing his stories. And, you know, again, with what you guys are doing with your show, it wasn't always about wrestling. It wasn't talking about his uh, experiences or whatnot. It was what he enjoys, music, um, you, know, pr- you know, theater, things like this. And so we would incorporate this into the show, and, and it, people appreciate this because, Wrestling shows, wrestling podcasts, um, wrestling sites, or and the same thing goes for any genre of sport or anything, really. It is hard to kind of carve out your own, uh, I guess, part of that niche, right, that makes you stand out. And so when you're doing something from the heart, I, I do feel people, and, and, and if you're listening as a listener, if they feel like they can, you know, that there were friends sitting on the couch with you, that that's something they're going to tune in for. And that's what we try to do, you know, and, and what you guys are, what you guys are doing. And it's, it's, we need people like this, you know, it's because you could sit there and talk about, you know, re- the review of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or AEW. And, you know, that's just one writer's opinion for me. Um, when I write stories and when my writers put stories out on the site, I try to, at the very most, try to say, try to keep it bi- non-biased. So not in first person, talking third person. You were relaying a story. But, of course, if they have exceptional access to the business, like Evan, I say run with it. Tell us your stories. That's different. But for my writers and such, I don't want to go that path where we're just simply talking about what you see on TV and giving your opinion because who cares what this random person's opinion is? You know, it's really about uh, how how you felt when you watched it. You could throw in feelings like this because you can relate to that. But sharing the stories and diving in deep and getting all the different sources involved in, in the telling of the story, not just you know, on the Jericho podcast, uh, so-and-so said this, boom, 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 done. You know, I, I, I've done that in the past when the website first started. That's because I was going off of what I knew and I realized what the readers want and what anyone's want is to be able to dive in and just immerse yourself in the story. You have to have a hook. What's this about? Oh, my goodness. Sputnik Monroe. How did he make a big difference in, in Memphis? You know, or you got a story about how... Um, we all know about the Montreal screw job, but did you know about uh, you know in 1950s with um, Gorgeous George, 
you know, and, and that's screw job. And so you throw these stories out there, you get, you get, make a way for people to relate to them and then you teach them new things. And it, it's, it's really great. So what is the difference between a wrestling writer and a wrestling journalist? I hear a lot about microfiche and diving in and, you know, a zillion results. But as somebody who was a writing major and English teacher, you know, mm -hmm. in different parts of my life, um, I was always taught, you know, move people, make them cry, as yes. opposed to just the bombardment of results and information. Right. So as, as the editor, as the person running this very special site, What's your take on all of that? I don't want stories like recaps. I don't want stories about results. Those to me have no interest in my heart. Like there are hundreds of websites that do, a, they do it. And very few of those websites do a very good job of it. You know what I mean? But for those editors, I feel bad for them. Um, you know, you're talking the top echelon of wrestling news sites. They're probably constantly on their phones, regularly checking social media, checking their emails, looking for tips. Now we got to get this article out and you got to have a good catchy headline. What's going to make them read my news bit on this and not the other 100 stories running with it? I would hate that, you know, because that's that takes the fun out of it. And it really just becomes just a job that you do. Whereas what we do, uh, I don't have deadlines on the website. So if anybody's writing for me, I just say submit it when you can, when life allows it. Like we're all busy. You know, we've all got things going on. Um, most of, if not all of my writers have other jobs. And so this is obviously, you know, they're not doing to get rich. I, I never went into this to get rich. It's just something we did for fun. And uh, it, it's just an outlet, a creative outlet. Um, but yeah, no, the, 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 when you're talking about wrestling journalists, I think about somebody who can make you feel when you're reading history, something where the first paragraph has really drawn me in. Okay, so that's gone. It's like the back of a book. You know, you're reading the blurb. Um, here's a story from the past. Why, why do I want to? Why do I want to read this? Um, if they caught me in the beginning, then you keep going. And then as you're reading, firstly, if the website doesn't look good, I'm probably gonna not read too far you know so you have to have to have a, and it goes with anything with a podcast uh you have to have good quality you know if, if you're doing anything it has to first impressions count so it right away i'm tuning out if it doesn't look so nice and, and i think a lot of people do this as well it's just something that you know it's just a natural reaction but then you want to keep somebody's interest throughout and so you're telling the story um you have a bit of a personality as you're telling it it doesn't have to be black and white you know and uh, like I, I'm reading that book, uh, was it Sex, Lies, and Headlocks? Mike Mooneyham and Sean, um, oh, I forgot uh, the main author for it. But that's a book that came out about 15 years ago, maybe. And I'm interested throughout, you know, because they're telling the history of, the, of these things that are happening. So these types are right. Mike Mooneyham, he's great. You know, I'll forever read his stuff. Mike Mooneyham is a legitimate, <laughs> legitimate newspaper journalist who can yes. write on anything, yeah. not yeah. just wrestling. This is what yeah. I'm talking about. Right. Um, I, when somebody describes themselves as, quote, I'm a wrestling journalist, I'm immediately a wee bit cynical. And I'm like, you know, I want to read a writer. <laughs> I want to read a writer. To me, there's a, it, there's a difference, and which does not mean I don't respect, you know, a Dave Meltzer. I, I think the guy, I was moved by his piece on Bruiser Brody when he died, et cetera, so on. But again, it goes back to move me, touch mm -hmm. me. Just don't hit me with a bombardment of results, dates, facts. To me, that's not writing. Yeah. You can intersperse it into your articles um, and throw it in in a catchy way. And sure. while people are reading, they're, they're learning little side bits as well. Someone like a Dave Meltzer, I mean, he's a special kind of person, what he does. I mean, reading the um, his, his newsletter, uh, it could be a bit onerous sometimes. It's so, he's so like long-winded with he, the way he explains and writes his pages and pages and pages. And he makes you feel sometimes, but we need someone like a Dave Meltzer. I love his, his podcast. 
I'm a subscriber and I'll listen to what's going. That's the way I want to hear what's happening. If I want to know what's happening in the wrestling world newswide or newswise, um, I'll listen to him. But, you know, with, with, with my website, we don't do news. We don't do rumors. We don't do any of that. So good. Yeah. More power to you. And, and I even say that on my Write For Us page. Um, if you're looking to do recaps, blah, 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 uh, we're not the website for you. There's other websites that have, you know, they do a good job of that already. Come right for my site if you want to tell history and, you know, if you're passionate about that side of things and, you know, throw me your ideas. And I'm, I'm constantly getting story suggestions that I never would have thought of. So it's like there are so many different cogs on, in, in this thing that we're doing and just a lot of really fantastic people behind pro wrestling stories incredibly grateful for that but um i would never you know who deserves the right to call themselves a journalist you know i guess when in, is it years is it being able to move and you know awards or what i obviously i would never consider myself a journalist or anything of the sort i'm an editor an editor-in-chief i'm an occasional writer and I can spot good stories and, you know, through teaching as well, um, I could present those stories in a catchy way, you know, and, but I'm not a journalist, you know. But like some- you do more than that. You do more than that. And that's the next element that I wanted to, to talk about while we have time here is that I wanted to talk about your musical career sure. and, and what you do as a musical performer, because I do think there is a related correlation between performing musically and performing in the ring. And I myself am not a musician by any stretch of the imagination, but my brother is. Mm-hmm. We'd be remiss if I didn't mention what a great musician he actually is. He really understands and feels it. But it, And I, I'm the one who did the wrestling performing stuff as a manager. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a real correlation between getting in front of an audience in a wrestling sense and getting in front of an audience in a musical sense but we're trying to make them feel on the sense of comedy plus action and you're trying to do it in a musical sort of way and do you sort of feel there's that correlation between the two the music and wrestling have that the big one they have in common is you have to know your audience when you're on stage you need to already know what kind of reaction you're going to get before you do something and it's having that kind of control where I'm going to do it, it's going to work. and Or if it doesn't work, being able to switch things up on the fly. You know, being able to think on your toes and be comfortable enough to do that. Same thing with performing. You know, if the crowd's not feeling it, you know, if, if you're going a bit too kind of mellow, all right, you kick it up for the next few songs, get them moving again, you know. Um, with, you mentioned uh, musical career. That's a very that's a very nice way of saying I've just, I, I play music. I've been in a couple bands. I put out recordings and uh records and stuff all independently i performed a few shows here and there but it's a it's a passion you know just as much as writing is for me so when i get to pick up my guitar it's 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 really great i mean just you know with us all being home at the moment we're all kind of able to go and kind of focus on things that maybe we haven't to and it's unfortunate why we're home right now with this pandemic happening but i've been able to pick up my guitar more than I typically would, you know, because you get too caught up in life when we're all moving 110 miles per hour. So being able to, I, I got the guitar over here just behind me. You want to play something? Yeah, go ahead, play. You, you want to <laughs> exactly. play? Yeah, hit us with something. What have you been working on? I, I, Maybe it wasn't, I didn't want to, I, I didn't put it here to play, but I put it here because it reminds me to play throughout the day. It's, like it's my, a first. No, this will be yeah. a first for our show. We've, we've oh, not okay. had anyone this do any live musical performing for us. There we go. Oh, geez. I don't even know if it's tuned, to be honest with you. My daughter was playing with it earlier. <laughs> okay. Oh, it sounds perfect. There you go. There you go. It sounds good on, on our end, so go ahead. Play. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but. Well, that's all right. When you got a guitar sitting in the background, you're almost asking for it. Yeah. Um, what am I going to play? Uh, I'll do a song I wrote. Perfect. So why not? Getting older 
in this life now, life is passing by before me. I think it's gonna be okay. Feeling changes in my mind now, I feel so introspective. I feel alright, 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 alright. This gravity won't keep me down, I'm flowing through this space now. But I feel it's gonna be just fine Travel the world, seen some places Man, my pocketbook is hurting But I feel alright, alright, alright Alright, alright, alright and it won't keep me down Said it won't keep me down Said it won't keep me down No, it won't keep me down passing by before me but I think it's gonna be okay yeah yeah all right that was excellent that was excellent that's a, an added bonus on the uh wrestling and everything coast to coast have a bit of liquid show. courage help me get through that one <laughs> yeah now that that was that so did you write that up during this whole COVID? no that is um I probably wrote that back in early 2000s, but when just a couple years back, I was at a party and there was a left-handed guitar there and we're sitting around a, a, a fireplace. It was a bit nippy outside and the drinks were flowing and I couldn't play, which is a shame because I'm writing it, but this guy next to me, he's like, I play left-handed, you know, obviously uh, it was his guitar. So he was playing all of the songs I love, you know, from Zeppelin, Beatles, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Oasis, and we bonded immediately. And I just sat there singing, and he's like, let's do something sometime. And so the two of us were just going to go in with our acoustics, record five-track EP, what have you. And he brought in a couple friends. So I had um, my, who's now my good friend Andy. He did drums, and another friend, Jake, who was doing bass. And so we went into the rehearsal space, and... Within two, three hours, we had six, seven, eight songs banged out. Just old songs that I had written from high school and all the way on up from heartbreak to, you know, getting drunk and what have you. Just silly songs of mine. And you, that was a song that started off a bit more mellow than that. But when I got with them, we kind of, you know, palmuted it, changed it up a bit. And, you know, they all just take on different, a different journey once you get others involved. I want to get to the uh, heart of just who J.P. Zarker is. If you had, if you had the opportunity to squeak by as a full-time musician, like some of my friends do, pay the bills but barely, or yeah. make a small fortune as a wrestling journalist, wrestling writer, uh, editor, whatever the case may be, what would be your preference? Oh man. Oh. Well. With the website, I'm I'm already kind of doing that with the website. I I, I want to if I, another passion of mine is music. If I could scrape by and play live and write music, have that camaraderie with the band and such, 
Hell yeah, I would do that. The website, I would just have it automated where I would just let articles, old articles drop each day. And I would say, all right, see you later, pro wrestling stores. I'm, I'm hitting the road. There you go. There you <laughs> yeah, go. I would definitely do that. Yeah, nothing like being on a stage. Yeah. You know, because wrestling, I love wrestling, but it's not, you know what I mean? It, it, it's something that I happen to have just kind of fallen into this niche within a niche, right, of right. fan fandom talking about nostalgic stories and sticking to that. And it works. And, and it, it, it's really kind of gone well for me. And I'm very, um, I, I say like, I don't like to use the word luck, you know, because there's been a lot of hours that's gone into this. My wife has been angry with me more than, you know, I, I would like to admit just sitting at the laptop when I should be sitting over there with her in the other room or whatever. And a lot of time goes into making a successful website, you know, but you know, it's not something that I do because I'm just like obsessed with it, you know, and it, it, I do it because I enjoy doing it. And if it stops being fun, I can step away, you know, and but but then again, I have I have to um, I have to give it to the 44 writers that write for my site. You know, they've come on board because they believe in it. And I, I believe in this thing that I'm doing. And uh, just because it, like, if I read the stories and I'm interested, I'm thinking others are going to be too. And others have reached out to me to be a part of this thing. And that's, that to me, that's special. You know, I, I keep saying like, I would step away, but like, I would then miss doing. Sure, you know, sure. Website. Yeah. Do what you love, do what you love yeah. and money comes later. I have a love hate relationship with wrestling, which I say pretty much every week. You mentioned Chris Candido. I'll tell mm -hmm. you a quick little story. I'm sitting in a New Jersey indie. Chris Candido, Tammy, Sabu. That night, they were kids. Kids. Mm -hmm. I'm talking 25, 30 years ago, whatever it was. I lose track mm -hmm. of time. And fresh-faced, you know, and excited. to. They were like opening match, okay? Chris Candido and Sabu, absolutely unknown. And I'm talking to them, and you know, and... They love wrestling and stars in their eyes. And a lot of it did not turn out well, did not turn out well, you know, and I understand both sides of the business. And, um, you know, so mm -hmm. I'm a little more I'm older and a little more cynical than you guys, because I've been seen through a lot, though. I mean, talk someone like Candido, firstly, he ate and breathed and slept wrestling. Oh yeah. Passion, he was in love with it. And a nice guy. And a nice guy, you know, from anyone who, I mean, the way his brother talked about him, I mean, his brother idolizes him, you know? Um, so when you, then you hear obviously the, the, the other side of being a wrestler is you get a lot of pain and you're gonna start taking pain meds because you're on the go and all, you know, then you go in that direction and then all of a sudden you could go into other different directions and, he was just uh, unfortunately it, it wasn't in then a relationship with Tammy, you know, that was, that was fiery. That's an interesting one. But anyway, but like with you, um, having been involved with wrestling for many, many years, going back to your old radio station and, and the people that you met in, like in the nineties, Sherry Martel, Eddie Guerrero, you know, you, you, you having Eddie Guerrero cry on the phone with you at what hour, two, three, three in the morning. morning yeah. I mean, you've got all these people that not only did you meet through what you do, you became friends with them. And you've lost a lot of friends, yeah. too. And it's, it's an endless trail of young, good-looking corpses, as the expression goes. Even I have that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, I, I, even I have that, unfortunately, yeah. in common with you guys, having lost a number of my friends here in California, uh, you know, to this business it's it's true it takes its toll i also wanted to ask you if yeah. there was someone that you could um interview or get a pro wrestling story from from the past who would you want to get that story from number one bret hart i'm a huge bret hart fan <laughs> look he's uh, when, when you when you read his stuff and you hear him in interviews he comes off a bit bitter he comes off a bit angry um he was obviously screwed over you know <laughs> They, they dropped his brother to his death. They dropped his, firstly, he, he kept got, the show going. His brother died for the business. Um, he is, his whole life has changed for the business, kicked in the head by Goldberg. You know, he's got a right. To, I mean, everyone, you know, I, I don't know how I'd be 
I, I like to try to keep positive, but if I had all these things happen to me, I, I would come off a bit cynical too. And I wouldn't have time for people who are just talking nonsense. But, but anyway, like if I, I would love to interview him and, and of course the rock Dwayne Johnson. Is, is there someone from the distant past though, that oh, you wanted to get a story from that, that you've not been able to get a story about, but you want to get a story about. It's a good question. See, like, um, I love how like but the distant past for me is Bret Hart because <laughs> you know, I was a kid. Ah, and he was big. But if we go even before then, you know, Macho Man, the, Randy Savage. I wish I would have had a chance to talk to him. But you I'm, talked to Lanny for a long time. Talking to Lanny got... brought his brother back in many ways, but it's not like sitting there having a conversation with Randy, getting to know him as a person. I mean, if you're thinking about, if you think about pro wrestling. You know, Randy's got to be on everyone's at least top 10, you know, when you're talking about personalities and, and, and what he's done for the business. So if we're going to go down that route of who we could talk to, who we can anymore, definitely Randy, 100%. And then I'm also curious to know what your thoughts are on uh, Dark Side of the Ring, because that sort of covers your territory, but not as, you know, as voluminous. But they, you know, do, you know, a lot they, of the they pro do wrestling stories that you they do like for me. I've always had this vision for my website is to not only have the stories in audio or in, in written form, but in audio. So we've got the podcast happening now, which I'll talk about in a second. But I also wanted to. I had this vision of like having some really good people who know what they're doing with the camera and presenting these stories in a visual way with interviews and this and that. And when I saw their first episode from season one, which was on uh, Macho Man and Liz. I was hooked. I mean, these guys are doing a phenomenal job. I mean, I, kudos to them. I, I think they're really great. Um, and, and it's interesting, like the first season, I think of the episodes, we had all of those stories, but maybe two on the website already. And this season, I'm pretty sure Herb Abrams is the only one we don't have a story on. So it shows look how many people are watching that documentary I met, I met herb abrams i was backstage at uwf i could give you some info on that i want to hear that. I, that that sounds really cool but like how many how many people are talking about the dark side of the ring right now it's it's really great and, it, so, and it's, it's sharing stories lesser known stories and people are getting caught up into it and feeling those emotions like the dino bravo episode i was in tears at the end of it the way his daughter was talking and you know um and i i i hope that that's the feeling people get when they're reading the stories on the site too so they have done a phenomenal job visually and, and in that medium and kudos and bravo to them jp what do you what do you think when people say uh watch an episode of let's say dark side of the ring or a wrestling documentary and go, oh, I knew most of that from all of my shoot interviews because they've watched 10,000 of them sure. obsessively. I mean, that's not a way to judge art as far as I'm concerned. No. Um, if you're going to make a judgment off of what, like if you knew the content beforehand is what you're saying? Yeah, um, a lot of people criticize Dark Side of the Ring for that reason. And yeah. I think they do a, a great job for 42 silly. minutes. That's you know. silly. I mean, I, I knew... Most of the stories, not not as in detail as they put it out there. There's always something to be learned. Obviously, if you are a wrestling historian, you're going to know most of these stories. And so um, for you to make a comment that it's not good because you know all this, that's, well, the 99.9% of the viewing audience don't know those exactly. details. And the job they're doing is great. So you got to look at it the way it's being presented. And that should be where your criticism, not criticism, but your, your critique should come from. It's presented for a mass audience. The average person will go, oh, I remember the Road Warriors. I didn't know one of those guys died. You know, not everybody's a hardcore wrestling fan. Yeah. And it's really opened up a lot of people to the business and, and the craziness. Like, when I just reading Bret Hart's book, it was the first of so many books that I've read now in wrestling. I mean, I think I'm over a hundred now, <laughs> but you kind of have to be with what I'm doing. But that world is so interesting. And for the non-fan to dive in and learn, this is the reality of what these people are going through. And Nevin, that's 
you know, with what you did with 350 Days and everyone involved with that, the documentary, it was showing the realities of the business and what the life really is. They're not just these superheroes on TV. They're living, breathing people like you and me, and they're living their lives. They're leaving their families, their children, their wives, and to go on the road 300 65 days a year or 350 days a year in this case and it's 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 you know it's it's interesting you know and you think about uh right now what's that big one on um netflix is the last dance about the chicago bulls i just was i just watched episode eight last night so good um you're you're right on target with that yeah I'm, i'm from chicago i grew up uh with the bull like how old was i when they first won the i was eight and then their last championship making me feel old yeah (laughs) i'm showing my age now uh i'm 37 so i was eight when they won the first one and then in two uh it's like 98 i was 15 so those are pretty i mean that's like that's the nostalgic bubble right there, eight to sixteen-ish, you know. And so watching that and bringing that back and seeing what it was like, seeing that everybody had a mullet, everybody <laughs> had a mullet back then. You're like, did that many people really yeah. have mullets? I didn't recognize that at the time, but and now I, I look back on the '90s and then I go, how could they have loved all those neon colors? Did I look? Yes. Did I wear neon colors like that all the time? look that bad but you know that you guys had the neon colors and the mullets and i had the blonde frosted tips which is why i'm (laughs) now (laughs) we were all trying to look like backstreet boys and you all were trying to look like you know yeah yeah yeah, like we were from extras from wham (laughs) (laughs) this has been an absolutely delightful hour i mean i can't believe that we've already been an hour my god yeah we've been talking for just about an hour i want to make sure that you get everything that you you know plugged in that you you want to let people know about um about you so they know to 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 check out the things that you're working on so we just launched the pro wrestling stories podcast and you can find it on any podcast platform we're on youtube um uh, Corey Rivard and Chris Toplack, two amazingly entertaining and talented people. They they take stories from the website and then they talk about it for an hour. So they bring in a lot more than what's in the article itself. So they'll have a couple bits from the, you know, the articles on the site and then they'll run with it. Like one of the episodes was, you know, The Rock versus Hogan at WrestleMania 18. And you know, they crack open a beer and they watch it and they're commentating over it and they're talking about it. So but they're also talking about, you know, the buildup and what was going on backstage and how things didn't go to plan. And, you know, so if you like pro wrestling stories and you, and you like reading and diving into the history of it, definitely check out Pro Wrestling Stories, the podcast. You'll love it. Um, uh, PWSTs.com, which are designs that have been created by the wonderfully talented Chris Faison. He um, takes stories and, you know, memorable parts of the articles on my site, and he puts them into a a design, like a graphic tee. So we've got the plane ride from hell. We've got Gorilla Monsoon Bami Heenan as a gorilla and a weasel. Phenomenal. We've got Andre the Giant with the, the, was it the Mr. Peanut body? But the Andre the Giant head, you know, things like really cool designs that they're, they're, they're great. So check those out. And, and if you are listening to this, if you go to pwsts.com, you get 10% off. Use the promo code podcast. Excellent. Get those, that extra 10% off. And, you know, prowrestlingstories.com. I'm hoping to at some point, you know, doing the podcast was a pipe dream of mine in the beginning. Like I always knew at some point I want to go audio, video perhaps down the line, you know, books. That's something I'm looking to get into as well. You know, like there's certainly over 600 stories that you can compile into a book, you know, and hopefully maybe get others, other wrestlers reaching out and want to share their story. Like Lanny, he writes for Pro Wrestling Stories. Um, he'll call if you're me looking up. for input on what the California indie scene was like in the 2000s, I've got, I've got stories to tell myself. But, sure. You know, this podcast is for your stories, but maybe if you need... So the extra space to use up. I'm. I'm. You know maybe. how to get in touch, my friend. No, I would yes. love to. Do that. Yeah. 
it's all about just putting things out there that you hope people are, you know, grasping onto. It's it's striking a chord nostalgically and, you know, something that they're passionate about. And they read it and they smile and, and they're learning something. That's what it's all about. And that's what I hope I'm doing with the site. And gosh, turned five today. And, you know, there's been that's millions of readers and something's going right. And I'm thankful for that. And since we're only on our ninth show, I I, I, yeah. I appreciate the fact that you've been able to hold something together for five years. That's that's very impressive. It's longer than a lot of feds last. So. I can't believe five years has gone by like that. I mean, when I first started the website, I, I go back to some of the articles from 2015. I'm embarrassed, you know, because that they they rotate out on the social media and just the quality that's you've evolved. It's evolved big time. I, I started off as kind of like this clunky, awkward, here's a story, to now it's just, it's, 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 it's writing, you know, it's, it's presenting these stories to you and you're going on this journey with these writers. Phenomenal. And so having someone like Evan on the site, it, it just really, it, it, it makes my website go up here. In, in a lot and, of people. and JP, I, I just want to thank you and uh, Javier because, uh, you wrote really nice pieces this past week on um, the wrestler movie and um, on, on myself and my career in wrestling. And, you know, I really appreciate it. And it, it meant a lot to me that you guys would put that much time and effort into it. So uh, I want to thank Javier as well. And tell us a little about Javier. He reached out to me after Silver King passed away. Wow. He wrote he wrote a message and Javier's been a he's been a reader on the site for many years and he would pop into the comments on the posts and he says a website like yours needs to do a story on Silver King what happened to his death in the ring you know for those who don't know um, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be people who I'm sure the wrestling fans know who Silver King is oh, yeah. he died in the ring and he wanted me to present this story and, and put it out there and, need, and have questions asked. Why did this happen? How was he able to die in the ring? Why wasn't there help? And I said to him, uh, you are incredibly passionate by the way you're, at, you know, you're questioning this and you bring this up to me. He's a big, big wrestling fan of, of, of Mexican wrestling, luchadors, everything like this. And I said to him, why don't you, uh, are you, do you have writing in your past? And he says, I actually have done a bit of sports writing in the past. And I said, well, you know what? I would be honored for you to tell this story. And he did. And he sent it back to me. And I was floored. It was, it was really good. It was tasteful. Um, it, it asked the right questions. When you're reading a piece, you also want to bring up questions that need to be addressed in a situation like this. And he, and he handled it brilliantly. Now he's got over 40 stories on my site, I think. It's or almost 40 articles. So for him to have just reached out just to say, run the story, and I, and I, and I turned it and said, look, this is something you know a lot about, and you, you feel the passion about it, and run with it. And he's become one of my greatest writers, you know. There you go. He's phenomenal. And and he reached out to me about writing your story, Evan. That didn't come from me. That came from him. He appreciates the work you do. And he sees the things that we see where uh, these are stories. Maybe they're not, you know, the Stone Cold Steve Austin headlines. But these are headlines that need to be out there alongside those stories, too. You know, it, it's important that the people who put their heart into this business, the unsung heroes, as you say. And Evan, you're one of them. Oh, you know, thank and, you. And just well, to tell your story was it's an honor. I, I really appreciate that. And that's what that's what Buddy and I are trying to do with this show. Put people on every week that have sacrificed an awful lot and contributed an awful lot to wrestling and you know, can carry an hour. Not everybody could carry an hour on a uh, on you a radio. Can carry two hours, uh, but you carry seventy one minutes. I don't know where the Yeah, we want we wanna we wanna wrap things up, but you know, I don't wanna put you on the spot. But I'd love an encore. You, can you can you play one more song for us? Oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> we can go I, out on a song I, here. That's something we don't normally do. Okay. Oh, see, I haven't been playing. I haven't played. Well, the guitar's over here because my daughter pulled it over earlier, so I have to blame her for this. Um, oh boy, Let's see what we're gonna do here. Okay, I'll do a song. I might mess up the words. I don't think you guys will notice, but this is more of a this is more of a ballady song. You got to edit that. <laughs> yeah. 
looking outside my window, thinking about times we shared, and I know it's gonna take a long, long time for it meet again, for I see your eyes light up my up to go when you told me that you did not know you'd be back again. It's not easy to pretend I'm fine. I'll continue to try. And it's all okay. guest again on our show this love was to. great um really appreciate your time today and uh uh we'll see you uh we'll see your audience next week but thank you so much jp for coming on our show it's been a pleasure thank you both you guys there are doing a go. great thing here and it's been a pleasure to be a part of this fifth right. anniversary of pro wrestling stories jp zaka intimate conversation and performance this was totally improv folks Thank really you. loved it. Really Thanks. loved it. Yeah, there Thanks. you go, folks. WrestlingStories.com. Go and check it out. Represent. There you go. All right. See you next week, folks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.